Welcome to episode number 33 of the Raw Food Podcast. I am your host, Laura Jane, the Rotarian. And in this episode, we're going to be talking, or no, we're going to be playing Raw or Not. Which, what that basically means is we're going to be talking just kind of about some of the basic information about what is considered raw food and what is not considered raw food and then i'm going to go through some of the top questions that i get asked like what about frozen fruits what what about nuts which not nuts are raw which are not what if it's heated in the blender what about dehydrating and all kinds of faqs regarding whether food is raw or not so stay tuned and we'll get into all of this shortly Thank you so much for joining me on episode number 33 of the Raw Food Podcast. As always, I'm happy to be here with you today. And once again, I want to thank podcast listener Tony for suggesting this awesome podcast topic, which I think is going to be really helpful, especially to those of you who are new to the raw food lifestyle. I'm going to answer some really great commonly asked questions regarding which foods are considered raw and which are not. And I might as well just dive right into the main content or the meat of the vegan meat of this podcast episode. So of course, generally, when we talk about raw food or living foods and whole foods and these kinds of things, we're generally just talking about fresh fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds. So that sounds very easy, but there is a lot of gray area in terms of, well, what about this? What about that? What if we, you know, what fruit is considered? Well, fruit, okay, that's obvious. But, you know, what about canned vegetables? And there's all kinds of questions that get asked that are very legitimate questions. And of course, this is not a completely... When I think about raw food... It does sound very holistic and very natural, but there's sort of these very generalized accepted rules in the raw food community about what is acceptable and what is not and why. And sometimes the rules can seem a little bit arbitrary, but they seem to be well accepted throughout the community. And I'm going to go through some of them. So first of all, the very basic concept is that these fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds all need to be uncooked so unheated so you're not steaming them you're not roasting them you're not cooking them at all and often raw food is sort of jokingly referred to as uncooking and you see a lot of cookbooks called like the uncookbook or things like that but of course things are not supposed to be heated I believe above 118 degrees Fahrenheit that seems to be the ex it's a bit of a range some people will say 105 degrees but it's a range say between 105 and 118 degrees so basically that is actually a very low temperature so even if you think of like a raw soup you're supposed to be able to dip your pinky finger in it and it's still gonna it could feel lukewarm but it's not gonna be hot so basically we're not cooking any food 
Now, you will hear a lot about dehydrated food, which basically means dried out food. Uh, and people can use a dehydrator, which is like kind of like a big machine that just, you might be familiar with them. People used to make beef jerky or <laughs> with them or like dry out their vegetables, but it's a dehydrator. And generally, again, this common, I'm not going to keep going into like, I'm just going to be always stating these blatant rules that the raw food people seem to adhere to. So when you're dehydrating, it needs to be on quite a low setting. So if you have a dehydrator, there'll be a lot of different settings, but um, you really shouldn't be exceeding 118 degrees. And of course, the logic behind this is that the enzymes get killed off once they're above that temperature. So frequently if you have depending on your dehydrator you're going to want to keep it around low or at about 118 degrees or even lower some people say and I have probably a few podcast episodes talking specifically about dehydrating in really great detail let me think for a minute I know I have episode 14 is about pizza raw pizza and that is gets a lot into dehydrating. Episode 16 is the main how to dehydrate podcast if you're interested in those. So basically a lot of people will get overwhelmed with the idea of dehydrating and what I suggest is don't bother dehydrating until you've made so many raw recipes that you're really bored with your recipes and you really want to. It's kind of like an advanced technique so I would say if you're really new don't worry about that. But if you're, you've been around the block and you've been making tons of recipes in your food processor and your blender and you're bored with those, then you can move on to dehydrating. And usually dehydrating um, is for savory foods. So crackers, pizza crust, kale chips, all those kinds of nice crunchy savory things. But that's dehydrated food. Now, a common question that I get asked regarding is it raw or not is frozen food so to me I am a good rule follower but at the same time I don't like to ignore logic so you cannot tell me that a fresh plucked strawberry out of the beautiful fresh brown earth that you can feel in your hand that was growing 10 seconds ago and you pluck it and you pop it in your mouth you cannot tell me that that's as an equal specimen to like a frozen strawberry that has been in your freezer for a year. To me, that's obvious that they're not on the same playing field. That being said, (laughs) I love that expression. That being said, I, even when I was in my most militant, like insanely strong, only eating raw food, I definitely ate frozen I don't, not a lot of frozen vegetables, but frozen fruit. There's a lot of reasons for that. Of course, it would always be unsweetened frozen fruit, but one is for cost, especially where I live, which is like in rural Canada where it's snowy a lot of the time. We don't have access to a lot of inexpensive fresh berries, for example. So I I personally believe that frozen fruit is not really raw but it's generally accepted that you can eat it it's 
just go for it and that's generally accepted but to me again using logic like there's no they're not the same but I have always eaten frozen fruit and most raw foodists find that acceptable similarly if you've made say a nut pate or something and you want to freeze it again obviously if you're going to get into the nitty-gritty of like the living enzymes it's obvious to me that you're losing some enzymes when you freeze them but um it seems to be commonly accepted practice that you can freeze things. Again, these are the general rules that the raw foodies seem to think are okay. So my list is kind of in random order here, but um, now I'm going to talk a little bit. Well, let's I'll sort this list in my head here. So let's talk about nuts and seeds. Firstly, they, of course, need to be unsalted, unroasted or untoasted nuts so really you want a nut that has not been you know flavored or really done anything to now most I guess maybe all nuts I should know this but I don't tend to come from within a shell so frequently a nut let's talk about maybe well a cashew is the most controversial one that the cashew if you haven't seen it you have got to google a real cashew each it's crazy you should go look at them haven't looked at it in a year but a cashew I don't know the exact words but it's like a giant fruit and then it has this tiny cashew like one cashew per like giant apple kind of fruit it's crazy that's why they're so expensive but cashews are very controversial in the raw food world because in order to get them out of the shell I think they pretty much like 99 or maybe 100, I don't know, percent of um, cashew processing plants heat, use like heat and steam, I think, to remove the nut or sorry, to remove the shell to get the cashew nut out. So that I might not have that completely right, but I do know that cashews, a lot of people will say they're not truly raw because they have been heated during the shelling process. So that seems to be um, controversial. That being said, though, most people, when the, you see a raw recipe that uses cashews, of course, they're always calling for, it may have been had a bit of heat during like the removal process, but you don't want any salt. You don't want it toasted. You want it as raw as possible. And frequently, even you'll see cashews that are labeled raw and that doesn't necessarily I mean there's no regulation in terms of the, using the word raw on your packaging so that doesn't necessarily mean that it hasn't been heated but these are all just kind of crazy rules we apply to these things so but generally also another thing about nuts is regarding sprouting so oh my gosh in this episode this will be here all night if we go talk about soaking and things like that but soaking your nuts before you eat them which can make them more easy to digest but the idea is that your nuts and seeds anyway they should be sproutable so for example if you I don't know say you're making chia using um quinoa oh gosh going on a tangent here but let's just in order to keep this episode short let's say ideally they sh- your nuts should be and seeds should be unsalted untoasted and ideally if you let them soak in water they would sprout as well and that's how you would know that they're living nuts or seeds 
another common question that I get asked, which I, there's no silly questions, but this one I think is always, I think it's kind of funny somehow when I get this question. So this is regarding the concept of raw soups, which I know that sounds gross, but they're actually really good if you just give them a try. Episode 20 of the Raw Food Podcast talks about soups, but a lot of people will ask me if they let their soup blend in their blender and it gets kind of hot, is it not raw anymore? And for me, I am sort of a bit of a pragmatist and I'm like, if your soup gets like 119 degrees, it's okay. <laughs> of course, a blender doesn't have a heating element in it, but if you let something blend long enough in the blender, it will heat up just because of like the friction and the movement in there. So you'll notice that. I've even seen myself something steam because I had it blending for too long. So I do get that question is like, oh my God, my soup is too hot. <laughs> well, for me, actually, when I make raw soup, I do like to let it blend for a little longer so that it's not cold because I don't like a cold soup. But at the same time, I don't make it like a boiling hot. So usually when I get that question, I'm just like, calm down, just let it blend until it gets kind of warm. And you don't need to like stick a thermometer in it and figure out exactly what the temperature is. And one of the reasons you'll know that I'm quite a realist about these things is I want you to be eating fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds for the rest of your life. I don't want to make it so complicated and annoying for you that you're going to do it for one week and do it perfectly and then abandon it because it takes too long. So that in short, I'm just saying calm down about your soup in the blender. Um, another thing we're, we could talk about would be canned vegetables. So I find this to be, first of all, I would say these are not considered raw, even by the raw foodies. The general <laughs> consensus of the raw foodies is not to use canned anything really. But I feel like in a way canned and frozen, are they that much different? I don't really know. I'm not totally up on the science between the two, but the, the general rule seems to be no to canned vegetables. If for some reason, say budget or whatever, if you are using canned vegetables, which would not be considered raw, still, of course, you want to use like unsweetened, whatever, but generally they seem to be considered a no-no. Another one regarding vanilla the most raw type of vanilla to use would be a vanilla bean. So there's like these long beans, it's kind of look like long green beans, and they're quite expensive and you'd kind of slit them open and scrape out the vanilla bean innards. So that would be the most raw type of vanilla to use in your desserts. Now a lot of people find it kind of cumbersome and also very expensive to use fresh. I guess it's not fresh, but it is, you know, vanilla in its purest form. But most raw sites, recipe sites, seem to accept pure vanilla extract as an okay thing. And I think a lot of these things are, it's, it's kind of walking that balance between like what is realistic and what is doable um, in an everyday kind of thing. Now, in terms of specific ingredients, I can touch on a, a couple of, of ones here. 
first of all, regarding sweeteners, I can't remember if I did a podcast just about sweeteners and I totally should do that. Um, mental note to do that in another episode. But in short, of course, we have a variety of sweeteners and a lot of them can be used interchangeably depending on where you stand or what you have in your cupboard. So let's talk about maybe, I'll just list them off. So maple syrup, honey, agave nectar, and fruit are probably the most common sweeteners. And you can't necessarily use them interchangeably, but those are really common. So of course, honey is controversial. Raw, unpasteurized, or not raw. No, yes, raw. Oh my God, confusing. But honey is controversial because it is not vegan because it comes from bees. So that can be a very controversial issue. So that is about honey. Maple syrup has been heated. Of course, you're only going to be using pure maple syrup, but some raw foodies would take objection to that because it has been boiled to reduce down or whatever they do with those cute sort of maple syrup farms. So the heating is an issue there. Agave nectar was very popular maybe four years ago, but it has totally fallen into... um, scandal because of a few reasons it's it's the plant of this i don't remember where it's from but somewhere in say south america um uh, it's basically a highly highly processed natural sweetener so a lot of people don't like it because it's been very processed but also um i don't know a whole lot about this but like the glycemic index i know that agave nectar really really spikes your blood sugar like way more than most other sweeteners so it kind of has fallen out of popularity for both of those reasons it's highly processed uh, manufacturing process and then also the whole blood sugar spike and glycemic index thing and then of course fruit is the best sweetener because you get the fiber and all of that in so i love to use dates as a sweetener did I miss any? Those are the main ones. And one a little tiny thing I'll add about honey is it's interesting. Honey doesn't really go bad. It's one of the few things in your cupboard that could like stay there forever. And um, also it does not dehydrate. So sometimes you don't want to use honey in your dehydrated recipes because it's not going to solidify or evaporate. I mean, or whatever. It's not good in the dehydrated recipes. And I've experienced that myself. And as for me, I tend to actually use honey the most. And for me, I live in a farm kind of country and I am vegan, but I feel okay about eating honey. I know where my honey comes from. Um, I get by it locally and I feel for me that works. But I know a lot of people who are strict vegans really aren't cool with that. So I think for the sweetener, you kind of need to make your own decisions there. But fruit is the best and dates I tend to use. They're my most common sweeteners for sure what else so remember at the beginning i said raw food fresh fruits vegetables nuts and seeds and that is those are the whole foods but there's also this sort of selected list of other kind of oh i should have talked about salt we'll talk about that in a second if i remember i'm gonna write it down but so yeah so there's this whole other list of things that aren't fresh fruits vegetables nuts and seeds but that are still considered raw so 
some of those things would be things like cold pressed olive oil, apple cider vinegar, various nut butters. I mean, those are still nuts like tahini is sesame seed butter and that kind of thing. Raw cacao powder, cacao nibs. They're kind of like the raw food version of chocolate chips. Um, what else? Soy sauce. What was I going to say about that? I think in short, there is a raw soy sauce called, please forgive me for my bad pronunciation, Nama Shoyu, I think. And what I was going to say about salt was, I, as much as I am considered the Rotarian and I'm into food, I've never really had the most discerning palate. Like to me, everything tastes good pretty much. And I was never picky. And I don't, even now, I don't pretend to like, quite have the most um sort of intuitive palate but for me oh my god I cannot go back to eating table salt so uh, table salt at the at the restaurant you know there's salt on your table it's the iodized salt or something and that salt I literally can't eat that salt. Like if I would never sprinkle that on my food. What I use is Celtic sea salt or basically sea salt. And for me, the flavor is way, way different. And I literally can't handle the other salt. Or I mean, I guess if it was in something that was prepared for me, I might not notice. But I would never put table salt on my food. And it's just truly based on taste for me now. And... I literally, there's a lot of, I'm not a gourmet, I can't normally taste a lot of differences in a lot of things, but I really noticed that. So definitely if you're making my recipes, please just go get some sea salt. It doesn't have to be overly expensive. It tastes really different and it's way better. It's better for you as well and it's less processed. So that's a little tidbit about salt. Let me go through my list. So we talked about fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. We talked about how it to be considered raw, they have to basically be uncooked. We touched on dehydrating and frozen stuff. We talked about, oh, I don't think we talked about nutritional yeast. So nutritional yeast is the raw food version of cheese flavor. So it's not really, it's absolutely not the same as the yeast that you would make the standard American diet bread. It's not yeast. It's called nutritional yeast. And it tends to be these little yellow flakes. And you can get them at a health food store. At a health food store. But there, it's like I said, it seems to be considered the raw food equivalent of getting a cheesy kind of flavor. Now people, it doesn't quite taste like cheese. Brace yourself. But it's cheese, cheese-ish flavored. But... As far as I know, one of the good things about nutritional yeast is it can sometimes be fortified with B12. Don't worry, I won't get all sciencey on you here. But as a vegan, B12 vitamin is something you need to be supplementing with. I'm really not big on supplements. Um, I'm not going to go on and on about that. But B12 is one of the most important things. You can actually have neurological damage if you don't get enough B12. So one good thing is some nutritional yeast is fortified with B12, but it's not all, but some of it is. So that's a good way to get your 
some B12 anyway. But as far as I know, if you look into the details, nutritional yeast is not raw, but it's like in all the raw cookbooks and it seems to be accepted, but it has been heated. So I don't know why that became an accepted thing, but maybe it's an acceptable thing because sometimes it's fortified with B12 and also we need some kind of cheesy flavor. Um, but that's not a huge part of like what I do, but I do, ha I do use it on occasion to lend a cheesy flavor to like a cheesy kind of sauce or my cauliflower popcorn has that on it. It's good. But yeah, it seems to be accepted and I'm not quite sure why, but I'll go with it. We talked about Nama you the soy sauce. We talked about nuts heating in a blender. I don't remember if I spoke about um, coconut oil, but that is common as well. And of course, it's used in a lot of desserts because it helps to solidify and make it so your desserts um, stay together. So that's an important one. I think that that's probably good for my raw or not episode. I think that I have actually touched on a lot of really commonly asked questions, so I hope that you found this episode helpful. Once again, thank you, Tony, for asking this question, and um, I think it was a really great topic. And if you have any suggested topics for the next episode, I would love to hear your suggestion. You could email me at lj at therawtarian.com. Thank you so much for listening. And if you do have a couple of minutes and if you, not even a couple of minutes, like one minute. And if you do find this episode or any of these episodes helpful, I would be very thankful if you could leave a review in iTunes just for the podcast. That would be really great because that helps the general podcast get up in the show up to new people if we get a couple of reviews in there so that would be very great and if you do leave a review i would you could email me and let me know and i'll write you back and thank you profusely so thank you so much i will leave it there if that was our raw or not episode there's some sort of fun joke or some game or something that we could make out of that but i didn't really do it it's hard to be funny when you're on your own and i'm such a serious person anyway when i find something funny i don't laugh I just say, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, I need to try to loosen up a little bit. I'm working on it. So that was episode number 33. Thank you so much for being with me here today on the Raw Food Podcast. Bye. <laughs>You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Rotarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter and once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.